This morning we're going to be resuming our study of Colossians. We've been doing that and looking at Christ's unrivaled. Uh, two weeks ago, Trent shared the opening passages where we learned that Paul was thankful for the Colossians' faith in Christ and love for all the saints. With Hurricane Florence roaring this weekend, I am reminded of last August 2017. Some of you might remember Harvey, Hurricane Harvey and its devastation on the city of Houston and the southeast of the United States. At that time, when Harvey was roaring, I was in Southern Africa uh, with a ministry that I used to work for called Forgotten Voices. And uh, I was there in Africa, and Hurricane Harvey coverage was everywhere. Uh, people in Zimbabwe and Zambia, pastors and volunteers had seen the coverage, and they were coming up to me, and some of them they knew me, and they said, Ryan, I'm praying for West Shore Free Church specifically, and I'm praying for the church in America generally that you would not grow tired of loving our neighbors well. One Zambian pastor, his name is Christian, and we've got a picture of him. He's been a friend of mine for 10 years. Uh, before I left, Christian was one of the pastors who told me that their local church would be having a prayer vigil, a prayer vigil for the church in America that we would have the courage and tenacity to step into the difficult again and again as a faithful witness for Christ. Many of these churches were less than 100 people, with offerings of about $50 a week, most of them $10 a week and less. Yet they were looking after 20 to 40 children, not their own, orphaned by AIDS, taking them into their own homes and loving them as if they were their own children. Their lives were a testimony to their faith in Christ, and their prayers were evidence of their love for all the saints. Despite the challenges that they faced, their prayers were for us. Friends, there's no place on earth where God's word stops being true. When we trust God with our everything, come with me and seek to be filled with the knowledge of his will, he is glorified. Christ is unrivaled. May we together live out our mission to seek the good of the West Shore and beyond to deep truths, deep lives, and deep love for the glory of Christ. Let's open our Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give one to you. Just go right out to the Welcome Center in our lobby. It's our gift to you. Uh, if you're new to the Bible, uh, or if you have not read Colossians in a while, uh, it is right after Philippians and before 1 Thessalonians, near the back. Um, but last week, we had our baptism service. Who was here for our baptism service? I mean, make some noise. I really can't see the people in the back. Wasn't that awesome? That was so awesome. We heard incredible testimonies of people putting their faith in Christ and how God transformed their lives, and they want to obey God for the rest of their lives. It really was awesome. Well, church, Colossians 1, 9 through 14 that we're going to be looking at today is such a gift for us at this moment. Following our baptism service, I believe God is inviting us to take stock of where we are with Him. 
and ask some questions, some hard questions perhaps. How do we persevere in the faith with Christ unrivaled, filling you up, having preeminence over everything? Our faith is in Christ, and we've declared that we want to follow God all the days of our lives. But what does that look like for you and for me today, right now, in this place and in this church? My main point for us today is this. God wants us to unceasingly desire to be filled with the knowledge of his will. He doesn't want us to be stagnant in our faith. If you are a follower of Christ, he has qualified you and will equip you to be filled with the knowledge of his will for his unrivaled glory. So let's read. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. This is what it says. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the, inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Awesome. Awesome. So there are five questions in your notes. If you got your notes, and if not, I'll read them as we go through. But there are five questions in your notes that I think that we should ask to understand this text. They are, who is this prayer for? What is, what is this knowledge of the will, of his will? What is the knowledge of his will? And the next question is, do we want it? Do we want it? And then, how do we get it? And finally, why should we want it? This week, especially in these last few days, I really wrestled with this outline. If I'm honest with you, I know keep behind the curtain, you probably should do that, but I really wrestled with this outline. I, I kept getting confirmation this is the outline, but I, I kept saying, this is too sterile, too academic. Yet as I prayed and prayed, I felt the peace of God that this is really God's invitation for you and for us to take stock of where you are with God right now. Some of us don't know where to begin. We don't even know the idea. What are you even talking about of the knowledge of the will of God? And, and if we know what it is, we feel very far away from the full. Some of us, even if we believe we know it, we don't want it. And if we want it, we don't know how to get it. And then even a broader question, some of you, especially some of you who are here today, you are not yet a follower of Jesus. You might even be asking, why are we doing any of this? This morning as we go through these five questions, consider which one of these questions do you need to bring before God and ask him to fill you with the knowledge of his will. And how can we help others amongst us Grow by being honest with where you are at with God. So let's go through it. 
The first one, who is this prayer for? This matters because the you in this passage throughout the text in the New Testament Greek, this word that is you is actually plural, meaning like you, like plural, all of us, referring to the church in Colossae. So yes, you can read it as you applying to you personally, but only because you're part of the collective. The better way to read it is you plural, of which you are a part. Why does this matter? Well, because as part of the local church body, Paul wants the local church in Colossae collectively to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So to help you remember that, you could uh, apply West Shore Free Church everywhere there is a you in this passage. Like verse 9, it would say, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for West Shore Free Church, asking that West Shore Free may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, etc. I should desire this prayer for you and you should want that for me. The plural you is also important because we read here is that we're part of the kingdom of light. There's no one that's exempt. If you are a follower of Jesus, this passage applies to you. It's not waiting to be better than the next guy, the next gal, and you're off the hook. No one is exempt. Whether, whether today is going to be your day, where you, for the very first time, are going to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you have been following him for as long as you can remember. You are not full. No one is exempt. And God wants us to grow together for his glory. If we grow together, we can sharpen each other and encourage one another in unceasing community centered on Christ and the knowledge of his will. I would love to go to a church like that. That's what we desire here. When we read this prayer, my encouragement is that you read it as a prayer for all the saints, including this local church of which you are a part. In praying this for others, pray that God grows this in you as you are part of this body. So who is this prayer written for? And the answer is the local church and all the saints, including you. So we're doing this together. But what are we doing? What is this? What is this, what is this thing, this knowledge of, the will, of his will? What is that? One verse nine, it, it, it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. There's three little connected phrases in there. May you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what this is. And be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So let's break it down. To be filled is to be full, right? To be complete. Room for nothing else. And since we're doing this together, imagine that I'm, uh, I'm helping you fill up your cup at a restaurant. And like you, like me, you share a love for Dr. Pepper. Like me, you share a love for Dr. Pepper, right? So we're at the, we're at the place, the little vending machine, and, and, and I fill up your cup, thinking you're one, of your, you're one of my kids. I stop halfway and give the cup back to you. And then I take my cup and I fill it up and halfway, and then I go back to my table. You'd be disappointed, right? Because you love Dr. Pepper, and you only got half of it. 
If you're a follower of Christ and you said that you put your faith in Christ and you want to obey him as Lord and Savior of your life for the rest of your life, you wouldn't say, stop, half of God is good enough for me. No, you wouldn't, right? Yet we do stop. We don't want God to change our lives too much. Lord, I have asked you to be Lord, my God, forever and follow you for all the rest of my life. But don't ask me to do anything else. I'm gonna wait here until it's my turn to join you in heaven. We say we want him Lord of some of it, the rest on our terms, which doesn't make him Lord, right? By our nature, we too often want our will with a dose of God. This passage, friends, this passage is Paul's prayer that we, that we may be filled. But filled with what? With the knowledge of his will. Overflowing. God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of his will. So what is the knowledge of his will? Are his thoughts yours? One practical example of how to know his will, when you pray, do you want what Christ wants? Now, let me be clear. God wants, he cares, God cares about what you want. He wants you to come as you are, unfiltered, bring yourself to him, and declare him as your God. So he wants you to come as you are, but what he wants is for you to grow in what he wants. He wants you to want what he wants. He wants you to want what he wants. Then ask him for the power to bring that about in you for his glory. That's what he wants. That's his will. So when we read our Bibles, we need to come before God to learn about his will, not seek out passages that affirm ours. Our time of study is to live out one of the values of our church, and that's to know God for who he is. But spiritual wisdom and understanding comes not just from the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge. Heart knowledge is lived out through experiences and relationships. You gotta grow in it, you gotta practice it. It doesn't just happen. You gotta actually do it. Here's what I mean. I appreciate runners. Any runners in here? Appreciate runners? Okay. I appreciate them. Over my 11 years of marriage, I have seen a lot of races, and our family subscribes to Runner's World, if you can believe that. I've learned a lot. Learning about running has become a regular part of my life. I've seen more than a few documentaries. Does that make me a runner? Not necessarily, right? I may know quite a bit about running, but that doesn't make me a runner. I may even look like a runner. In high school and in college, I had long legs, a thin frame. I, people knew I loved sports, and track coaches would come to me and say, will you join the track team? I look like a runner. Does that make me a runner? Not necessarily, right? What do I need to do to be a runner? I need to run, exactly. I don't run, in fact, I hate running. <laughs> I like hiking, and in God's miraculous ways, he might become, make me become a runner, but it's highly unlikely. <laughs> to become a runner involves a single step, and then the next, and then the next actually have to run to be a runner. My wife, who's a marathon runner, didn't get that way by running a bit and then quitting because it got hard. 
She has helped me learn that we achieve our goals by pursuing them fully and patiently. I could know a lot about Christ. In fact, I can even look like a follower of him. But if I'm not living and asking for more and more and more to grow in my likeness of Christ, am I a follower of Jesus as my Lord and Savior? In the same way I'm running, being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding requires the first step, and then the next, and the next, and the next. Spending time in the Bible before doing anything else. Again, I should read my Bible to get to know God's will, not find affirmation of mine. Spiritual wisdom and understanding happens by asking God to bring his power for you and for us to literally fill us up with his will that there is no room for anything else. It happens by God asking God to wreck our comfortable lives, strip us of our will, and reorient everything to Christ's unrivaled will. So we know a little bit about what it is but let's move on. Do we want it? Do you want it? Do I want it? Let's look at Colossians. Verse 10, chapter 1, verse 10. It says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Seriously, ask yourself, do you want that? Do you want that kind of life? Do I? If I'm not striving to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, do I actually want to be filled with the knowledge of His will? Do I want to bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God? So many of us, myself included, too often are willing to accept something that's only half-pleasing to God. God isn't just asking you to accept Him as Lord and Savior and then wait it out unchanged. He's asking you He's asking us to present ourselves as fully pleasing to him for his glory. Friends, what convicted me most in preparing for this morning is this. I realize that if I don't want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, heaven is going to be awful. Because in heaven, what we're doing is spending eternity worshiping Him, knowing Him more fully, and praising Him, and celebrating Him all the days of our life, from now until eternity. It is eternity. Why not start now? Paul's prayer teaches us that we need to be unceasing in our prayer, asking God to grow my desire for Him, more of Him, more of Him, more of Him, fully. He's asking you to pray that prayer too for us. I used to play a lot of tennis as a kid. And my dad was my coach. He was also my dad, my coach, and for always, uh, he was my pastor. Uh, So that was interesting. But uh, my dad was really, 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 really good 
as being a coach and as being a minister too, but he's really good at being a coach. And he was a Division I tennis player. He taught at a pro shop before I was born. Like, he's really good at tennis. When I get tired or sloppy in my practices, he would simply ask, do you want to get better? Do you want to win? Of course. The more I played with them, the better I got, and the fruit came. Side note, though, I never beat him. Ever. <laughs> I kept trying, I'm still trying. He told me that when he got to 60 years old, it didn't count anymore. He's 68. I still have not beaten him, even if it did count. <sighs> the goal isn't uh, to beat God and to get to his level. We should strive after it. Just because we can't get there doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. God wants to be filled with the knowledge of his will so we can walk in a manner pleasing to him. To know whether we are walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, we also have to do one of the hardest things. We have to discern, we have to be very discerning about what we want. We have to want the real thing. Some things can conveniently sound like his will and even ring true, but not be. They may look pleasing to God at first, but how do we know? There's things that we hear at times that we're just like, man, I wish that were true. I'm gonna just, yeah, let's just say it's true. But how do we know? We have to go before him and his word. We have to be patient, perseverant, and study his word. We have to seek wise counsel of the saints as is a group effort, requiring the best from all of us, all the saints. We have to work hard together to apply the knowledge of his will. Is each step in our lives held up to ask, is this good and a pleasing to the Lord? Are we pleasing him? So let's go back to my Dr. Pepper example, because we never talk about Dr. Pepper enough. Sadly, I know Dr. Pepper far too well. Some of you might even tell me it's bad for me, I know. Uh, so just save yourself an email, watch the Patriots play this afternoon. Uh, but at a restaurant, right, with just a little bit of Dr. Pepper in my cup, I can tell whether it's got too much syrup, too much water, too many bubbles. Like, I know what Dr. Pepper should taste like. If I can't have Dr. Pepper as it was intended, I don't want something that tastes like Dr. Pepper. I want Dr. Pepper, so I'll pass. In a far better way, way beyond our collective love for true Dr. Pepper, we should want to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all of its fullness, all of its glory, and accept nothing else. And grow in our spiritual wisdom and understanding. Not something close or with a hint of God that we want to be true. No, we want the true thing. We've got to want the true thing. We need to be discerning. We need to spend time with God's word. We need to make time to learn what his word says. And we all need to do so. So we can hold each other accountable, challenging one another to grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding. Do you want to be filled with the knowledge of Christ and all spiritual wisdom and understanding? How we live not what we say, even how we look, will show whether the answer 
is yes. You need to ask if you want it. You need to ask it every day. So the next question. So we want it, but how do we receive it and be filled with the knowledge of his will? Well, let's look at verse 11 and 12, and this is what that says. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. Friends, if you are a follower of Christ, this verse teaches us that you will be strengthened by God in every way that is required for you to grow in the knowledge of His will. You have been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints of life. This means that all that God has promised, He will provide. So many of us raised to prove and reprove to God and other Christians that we are enough. We belong in the room. And we are pretending and have this facade that we are good enough. Don't doubt me. Who are you to say that I need to get better with God? I am here. I belong. Don't tell me who I am with God. But this verse helps us see that God, through the death and resurrection of Christ, and you placing your hope in Him, God has made a forever place in heaven for you. You can be relaxed from fear and anxiety. You're qualified. You're in. When you ask Him to fill you with the knowledge of His will, He will, over time, He always will. You will grow in endurance and patience with joy. He will equip you with the strength you need. And it's for His glory that He does so, not yours. And He does it in you so that I too may see of His glory. And I pray that He does it in me so that you too can see of His glory. When you became a follower of Christ, remember that day. When you became a follower of Christ, you declared that it was Christ who brought about the transformation in you. And it is in Christ that you put your hope. Therefore, it is God who qualifies you, not you or other people. It is God. This is absolutely critical to, to growing in the knowledge of His will. Friends, the world needs to know that we are odd, refreshingly transparent, sinful people on a journey to become more like our Jesus our Lord and Savior, our Christ unrivaled. He is the one who does the qualifying. He is the one who does the saving. When we pretend that we are more than we are, and that we alone are enough, that in me I find my strength, I am all that I need, not needing anyone else, and I'm going to pretend until the cows come home and come back, that I am set do not talk to me, find someone else. We not only deceive our neighbors, we stunt the gospel in them. It is God's strength in us when we love our neighbors. It is God's strength in us when we love that uncle that is sometimes hard to love. It's God's strength when a mother working a 14-hour shift at home or at work makes it through the day and still loves her kids. He is the source of our strength, and it is God who equips us with what we need every time. Some of you don't feel qualified. 
I'm that way far too often. Here's why it's important to remember the strength comes from God. I don't know about for you, but for me, at first I will say, I don't know what your will is, God. And then when I learn it, I say, I don't really want to do that. And then when I finally say, okay, God, I will do it. I say, God, I'm not qualified. And then when I eventually am willing to do it anyway, and and I do it, God uses me mightily despite all my original fears and objections, I too quickly say, look what I did for you there, God. Wow, aren't I good? Let's remember that our growth and the knowledge of his will comes when we see that we are equipped and qualified by God and we use it for his glory, not ours. And that leads us to the last one. Why should we want it? Why should I want it? Verse 13 and 14, this is what that says. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we just get busy. We remember this like giant transformation in our lives when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and then kind of life just started creeping back in. You know, I'm really busy at work. After this period of work gets over, and I'll make more time for God. When the kids are back in school, we'll get into a routine and we'll all start studying the Bible again. We'll spend more time with God. You know, when I get my stuff together, really, like, I just feel at peace. And then I'll go before God again. You know, I'm just too tired. I just need more sleep. I'll do it tomorrow. I finish the series on Netflix, then I'll do it. I know some of you can relate. Stay up late watching something that, you know, you can watch tomorrow. And you say you're too tired for God. We forget the basics, friends, of why we declare our faith in Christ. This verse reminds us. In the heavenly realms, you're either with God or you're against Him. Christ is either your Lord or He's not. There's not a problem. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Before Christ, we were on the wrong side of the fight. And following Christ, unrivaled as our Lord and Savior, He transferred us from one side, the dominion of darkness, to the other side, the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of Jesus, His beloved Son. That fact makes all the doubts and fears fade away. And it is not too late. That we have already won. He wants us to seek more of the knowledge of his will so he can receive even more glory. This week, friends, I want you, I pray that you pray with me for West Shore Free Church and all the saints, including you, that you would be filled, that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom 
and understanding. Take time this week, tonight, maybe even now, to ask God, where are we at? And I want more of you. I want to be filled. You may know a lot about God. You may even have been doing this for a really long time. But is he Lord of your life? If you present yourself as wanting this to more fully declare God as the unrivaled Lord over your everything, I promise you, the maker of the heavens and earth will strengthen you and equip you with everything you need. For his glory, we pray.